You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about active learning strategies that you can use in supervision. This week, we read Experiential Learning for Grownups, published in Psychology Today 2022. Heather, uh, the article pointed out four different types of active learning that you can incorporate into supervision. The first one was project-based learning. Right. So we kind of brainstormed this a little bit, but one of the things that comes to mind most of the time is when somebody, you're working in an agency and someone's like, hey, we could really use a group for this. We could really Mm -hmm. use a play therapy group for siblings of special need kids, like very specific kind of thing, right? Uh And as a supervisor, you go, oh, interesting. Go ahead. Research that. Get on it. (laughs) Do do the legwork. Help us get ready. Yeah. Maybe how, I mean, even more engaging if this is like a passion project of your supervisee that they say, okay, here I am and I have always wanted to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, go for it. I mean, you're going to be the person who is most excited and um, can explain it the best. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, What about... Um, could this be something that a supervisee does that engages clients also some kind of project based learning that I think it could be some kind of, um, if they're engaging clients in a way like specific groups, right. It works really well if you're talking about like a clinic based setting or something where you're, you're getting the same type type group that would need the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like those are a little easier than just randomly one or two clients that might need this. Oh, sure. Yeah. We are, yeah, now that I, you say that, we're, with this idea, project-based learning, we are thinking a lot about groups. I don't know why. I don't know why either. It just seemed to be something that we both went to. What about, maybe a different twist, but again, it's still kind of a group learning thing. Um, Maybe there's a modality of therapy that someone's really interested in, and you say, I don't know very much about that one. Right. So, why don't you find out about it, learn some things, and then teach me Others. right teach me or, or teach, teach our group. a group yep uh-huh. very good um i think that could be interesting i know i have a supervisee right now that's learning more about um biology and play therapy okay interesting. and i think that that would be beneficial yeah. to all of my supervisees right um i think this even can go to things that are not um necessarily um like they're not things that you, like, they don't have to be necessarily directly client-related, like running a group or something. It could also mm-hmm. be something project-based where it is still going to be, like, they need to learn about something. So maybe it's yeah. going to a seminar about something. Maybe uh-huh. it's going, um, seeking out those kind of, like, you're going to have a topic that you're interested in and you're going to go get schooled on it, essentially, right? right? right Getting right, extra right. education. Um, one thing I think the common theme that both of us are thinking around that we didn't say to each other was that you would want this to be really practical. Right. It needs to be like, 
something you can apply. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking at one of the sites that I worked at pretty early on, right, probably right after, right out of school, um, something that new interns, you know, someone who was still in school that was also mm-hmm. getting hours there, they were always assigned to create like a binder of group activities. Oh, for someone else to follow. Right. Like, okay. And I'm sure, I feel like, I mean, that is project-based learning, but I also feel like the way it was implemented just fell flat. Yeah. So then we had this binder of junk. Right. <laughs> it print, wasn't really usable. Yeah, printed yeah. out, put in this giant binder, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't, it didn't end up being very practical or used. Right. I mean, it was like a giant paperweight mm-hmm. in the therapist office mm-hmm. and not. No one really was yeah. like, oh, let me look this up for something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Especially if we look back about 10 years or so, so, so many things are now accessible online mm-hmm. or like you just Google that or you just call somebody that works in the same field and is like, hey, what have you done for this? And yeah. you just, it's much more connected. Yeah. Used to be a lot more on your own about. Well, that makes me think too. There, I can't think of the name of the website, but just as well, I wouldn't name it. Right. <laughs> um, but that it's basically that it's a website with a ton of worksheets, but Oh, like it's copy not, and print off? Kind yeah, of okay. it's just not dynamic, right, though. Right, right. It's just, so I do remember in that at that same setting, so many of those students that thought, I'm being really smart here. I found this website, and I'm just going to print <laughs> off a bunch of these papers <laughs> on this I'm website. Doing. Yeah. Right, and then they would print, put it in the binder, and mm-hmm. it still was basically the same thing that, I mean, so you did what was asked, but did it? Did it actually teach you anything? Right. Did it help you to feel more confident or have more tools that mm-hmm. you could use efficiently or effectively? I don't- so as you're saying this, I'm remembering I was that girl. They made me do a notebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also think we implemented, and this was long ago when I was in a different state. Um, we ha- were part of a brand new program that we were literally kind of creating our own curriculum as we went with young kids that were in day treatment. Mm-hmm. And we ended up, I don't know, a year into the program, realizing there was a lot of that. Like, here's this book of information. Here's a curriculum. Use it. Yeah. Like, whatever. But we ended up doing, I forgot what you called them. There was some funny name. I don't remember, like, follow-up sheets or something like that. Mm-hmm. And whoever was in charge of that group that ran that group that tried to use the curriculum would give feedback. And oh. some of it was, well, we had too many clients that were high energy to do this activity. Some of it yeah, was very yeah. specific. But other parts of it were much more like, this is too complicated. And although it looks great on paper, this does not work in a setting with a group of kids. Yeah. So I think like that is still a project based thing by implementing our follow up sheets was like, hey, tell us how this works. And we just ditched the whole thing. We ended up creating a curriculum from scratch that worked with our population Mm -hmm. because although there's lots of good ideas out there. We're not going to be able to do a feeling chart with kiddos that can't sit still. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. going to be appropriate. Yeah. So um, the next uh, point in the article was shadowing, and you and I pushed each other to think. Lots of people everywhere that are learning to be counselors are involved in shadowing. How do you make this more? How do you make this come alive more? How do right. you make it more useful? Right, like following someone else's path. So not necessarily sitting in supervision with you. But they want to know about maybe a specific modality or how somebody else does this kind of therapy, like a mm-hmm. specific kind or, mm-hmm. or does an intervention this way mm-hmm. um, and searching that out and being able to talk, like physically go to their office and see them. And- uh-huh. So it might mean um, seeking out 
like you'd have to do some work to find a person who does this thing that right. you're interested in. Right. I think that maybe that's the part where I think it's, it's overused mm-hmm. is that people are shadowing without intent. Right. They're, they're just, ju- they're just sitting in the room. Right. Um, uh, you and I were talking about that. We both have had supervisees that have finished all of the phases of uh, experiential learning that they do in school and they're now out of school and being supervised towards full licensure wherever they live. Right. And they're still trying to count shadowing as <laughs> right, their direct as hours. Right. Right. Like, that no longer counts. <laughs> yeah. At that point, unless maybe it is a brand Something's, new yeah. skill or right. something they've not used before, it's not really furthering their learning right. at that point. Right. I think I just thought of one. Um, do you remember a couple of years ago, there was an article that came out. I think it was the New York Times that started it, and it kind of went everywhere, about cow cuddling. No. Okay. So there was this article that came out, and you could pay a ridiculous amount of money on a farm somewhere in New York. I'm pretty sure it was New York. And you could go and, like, sit with a cow and cuddle with a cow, and it's supposed to be very, like, soothing and huh. healing or whatever. Yeah. I don't know how much. It was ridiculous. Amount. If I had a cow, I would totally let people cuddle right. with it. You could it. cuddle it. Well, yeah. you could also charge like $200 for yeah. like a cuddle session. Yeah. Anyway, it kind of spurred something in one of my supervisees at the time because she'd always been interested in like equestrian therapy yeah. and like things like that. And so she did a little bit of this shadowing that we're talking about, like went and like was at this ranch for a day with the day that they serviced special needs kids. And then she had a whole bunch of things to say about that because there were kids there that weren't really special needs that were doing horse therapy because it was, it was fun, fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, okay, that's good. I mean, I'm, I'm good yeah. with everybody having some fun, but I think things like that, like, right. She, she literally went and spent a day out there to kind of learn more about it and then yeah. decided, eh, it's not for me. I love the idea sure. of it, but yeah. it's not really my thing. Uh-huh. Again, she got a great day outside doing something different. Mm-hmm. And it still applied completely to her experience, like trying to decide her career path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I would go cuddle with a cow just for the record. Right, yeah. I mean. <laughs> but I do think, I mean, if we're going to say shadowing, I think that this isn't just run-of-the-mill shadowing that all of us have done. Right. But creating something new out of it. Mm-hmm. Getting something more out right. of it. How would you use it and applying it to your practice or your mm-hmm. group, whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe I can imagine this being useful for maybe someone who's never experienced supervision before or being a supervisor Mm -hmm. before. I feel like I felt like that as a brand new counselor, not having had any supervision, Mm -hmm. thinking, how does this go? (laughs) Right. What do do I do now? (laughs) Right. Like what um, do I say something? Do is it like Mm -hmm. do you have a lesson plan or homework? I mean, and you can't have all of those things, but. Um, maybe watching a supervision session between some two people and going, oh, that's how that works. I do feel like maybe it wasn't my very first uh, practicum site or intern site in school, but when I was there, there were other students there and it was their first experience. Yes. And I can remember them leaving our group supervision Mm -hmm. and going, Oh, that's what that is. <laughs> Not knowing really. Yeah, yeah. Now I know what, okay. Now I know what that's all about and what I'm supposed to do. And, right. Um, so I think that, that's you know, sh- maybe we could say shadowing at different phases. Right. So maybe even um, a counselor um, working in an agency and they've done, they've watched um, 
they they know what to expect in groups. They know what to expect in individual sessions mm-hmm. or family sessions. But maybe they've never um, helped someone discharge before. Oh yeah, That's and a good they, one. they're like, right. well, I'm going to shadow this piece mm-hmm. so, so that yeah. I better know where I fit or what I can do to right. complement that. Right. I did one time have a prior supervisee reach out and say, hey. I'm going to, I really would love to do supervision, but like, I don't remember like from your side of it, what is supervision like? And mm-hmm. she was asking me like, so what do you do? Like, tell mm-hmm. me, what did we do when I first came in? And she mm-hmm. was wanting to know how to become a supervisor other than the class requirements. Right, but yeah. like, what do I do now? And yeah. I think it's one of those things where if you remember it, great. And if you don't remember it, you kind of have to go back and mm-hmm. create it for what it is for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, third in our article was volunteering. How can volunteering be a piece of active learning that counselors, supervisees are involved in? I think this is um, tricky and not tricky, but one of the easiest ways to look at it is within the course of your clinic setting, if there is something that needs to be done or something that needs to be covered, you can volunteer and say, oh, I can take that intake or I can do the, you know, uh-huh. within your within your capability, uh-huh. obviously, uh-huh. but like volunteering to do it, even though it's not necessarily part of your job as a counselor to do those things. Mm-hmm. I think that would be kind of scary. I was thinking or imagining volunteering for, well, I can pitch in and do that, run this group. Right. And maybe it's a group you've not run before. Mm-hmm. That could be kind of yeah. intimidating or scary, mm-hmm. but also useful. I mean, right. jump in, learn do by right. doing. Um, I'm, I was thinking about I, volunteering to me uh, could mean, being involved in a committee right and the benefits that come from that right understanding the organization better mm-hmm. meeting people that could be helpful to you um right so it's a piece of counseling but not directly counseling skills right um i also think i always encourage uh interns supervisees very new to counseling to seek out volunteer opportunities in organizations where they could maybe attend a conference for free right. or be involved in something yeah. and, and get to benefit from it. That yeah. I mean, work in, work the check-in table yeah. and yes. you now get to yeah. go for free. I don't think they would let you and I do a whole lot of that. Probably not. <laughs> um, but if you're a student, yeah. I mean, they a lot of organizations are set up so that right. that's available to students, which I think is a huge benefit. Um, but yeah, I, I can, I think maybe more so in an agency do you think it happens as much in a private practice where there are volunteer opportunities that let you try out different roles i don't necessarily think it's as it's one of the reasons i actually think that having some kind of clinic work is important before you do private practice mm-hmm. uh, i just think it is something you grow from by being around other professionals it doesn't happen as often in a private practice other than maybe like you were saying things that are not therapy related volunteering mm-hmm. to take over someone's task because they can volunteering to take over a task of straightening up the playroom or straightening up yeah. the, you know, it's not necessary, but you might from that experience gain what it's like. Oh, I didn't know that the partners here do this once a week and they, yeah. have, that that's who cleans the bathroom. I didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things. Uh, I'm thinking last week, I guess I went to um, an event for one of the organizations that I, I am a, committee member on and had I not already been invited I looked at it through different eyes that I right. went oh if I I mean because I actually took someone with me and they said do you know everyone here and I went 
Yep. I do know I, I everybody do. here. Yep, uh-huh, I do. I do. <laughs> but for someone not already involved, like a volunteer, that right. they would go, wow, this is a new... This is this is this many new connections that I yes, can make. Absolutely. Someone who does something that I don't know about mm-hmm. or someone who has a specialty that I might really need to collaborate with. Right. There's so many um, opportunities. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important. I think especially newer, straight out of school um, supervisees that don't have the experience yet. How valuable is it to go to some of those like not the big time conferences that are statewide, but like the local ones where you mm-hmm. actually get to make connections. I think it's great if you can go with your supervisor to go mm-hmm. and be there because then yeah. they'll remember. If they don't remember you, they're going to remember, oh, Sarah is your supervisor. And yeah, yeah. there's good connections for them to have. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, okay. Finally, our, our last point in the article, curiosity conversations. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out. It's one of my favorites, right? <laughs> Trying to figure out how something can be done differently. I mean, part of it is if you have a supervisee and I do this to my supervisees, but if they are very focused on a certain type of therapy, uh, EFT or CBT, I encourage them to look at it from the other side. So Mm -hmm. if they're always in one mind, like mindset, like shift and try to get other questions and well, okay, that's great. That's what you would do. But what if you were using name that theory and Mm -hmm. try it out? Um, Right now, actually, I have a group of students that I'm teaching a class where there's theory involved. And uh, prior to me, they've all become really committed to CBT. I don't know why. (laughs) They haven't Um, known you long enough. (laughs) Right. And um, in this course, coincidentally, CBT is not discussed at all, but lots of different theories. And so a lot of their conversations are curiosity conversations. Think about this. Ask yourself these questions about this theory um think about who or how you could apply this theory to um and i they all got one week they got really excited and into thinking about this one specific theory and they all just really identified with it like oh this makes so much sense to me i love this idea i can totally imagine using this with someone and i loved that at the end you know of all the discussions and all the assignments i want i got to say that's nothing like cbt right. that is not what you not <laughs> not one single bit like right. cbt not to say that cbt is not useful but to say consider other ideas right you got so excited about this idea and it's not mm-hmm. what you thought you needed right. to use or was exactly. most effective exactly. it's this whole new thing mm-hmm. that might be really useful to you right and sometimes i i even i have tended to do this with clients if you have a client that is hanging around for a while that you know probably could launch or maybe they haven't done the work to go deep enough into Mm -hmm. whatever they're coping Mm -hmm. with is I'll mix it up. I won't stay in the same mindset or in the same frame. I'll start asking maybe some more CBT type directive questions Mm -hmm. or maybe be, and they'll often comment, Oh, you are different, very different tonight or something. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, with intention, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I think that also can change the framework of how you do supervision. Mm -hmm. If you have kind of a style that every time someone comes in for supervision, they sit down, you talk about your caseload and then they leave. Well, one, that just gets boring. Mm -hmm. But two, if you challenge that kind of mundane and get them to think about it differently or even change seats, sit in a different spot. Yeah. Move things around physically. Mm hmm. Um. I had forgotten that I did this recently. Uh, the people in my office all have different counseling perspectives. And recently someone has joined the building that's using a 
type of therapy that I don't know anything about. Um, and I asked partly because we had some new people, so I wanted right. everybody to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I asked that person to tell, give us just a quick um, little lesson or a little intro into what she was doing for the purpose of, I thought, I mean, so if somebody says, well, don't you know about this? That I at least know <laughs> oh, yes. a little bit. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I know what that acronym means right. and I kind of have the idea. Um, or that, you know, in the case that I want to set, refer someone to mm-hmm. her in the office, then um, I know what I'm sending them right. to. Right. Uh, so getting, you know, starting the curiosity conversation and finding out something new. I, I mean, maybe it struck a chord and I thought, this is my new thing. Right. I'm going to jump it. into it right. and I want to do this. Um, but getting to find out and understand more. Mm-hmm. I think what I did find out was I think it it is similar but not the same to some of the things that I do. So in that way, I could connect it to something and right. go, hmm, okay, that makes sense to me that that would work or be useful. Yeah. And I think also in that same vein of questioning, it's – you know, whenever I find myself, whether it's with a client or in supervision, where I just feel like you're there, like you're just like, oh, kind of like not, I'm not growing or I'm not getting more out of this. I mean, we reach out to each other. I reach out to other colleagues and say, so what do you think? 14 year old anxiety, but only at school and like kind of just talk through like the basics because sometimes one, just saying it gets you to think about yes. it differently. Yeah. It also shows your bias. Like if you're saying mm-hmm. it with attitude or with a problem, you're like, oh. I'm not liking it because of this. Mm-hmm. So I think when you start to you ha- have those conversations with other people and they can, they're people you trust and that you work with and you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I didn't think about trying music or I didn't think about mm-hmm. trying this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even if it's something you might have with a different client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks today for listening to Supervision with a Vision. Heather and I would love to hear about some of your favorite get up and move ways to learn and supervise. And, of course, we would love to hear any suggestions you have about future topics.